welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Okay, we'll just pick up where we left off. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm Jeff, I'm a recovering sexaholic. Hey, and Jeff. My Friday days, March 19th, 2015. Mike has to be in front of you to be heard on the tape. The, our, <coughs> Lee, you wrote the instructions. It did, I didn't write them, but they're good instructions. Oh, it did indicate not to even move the microphone. <laughs> I didn't write that. Okay, <laughs> there we are. Thank you. You're welcome. Don't listen to the last 30 seconds. <laughs> you did not hear that. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Um, I, ha- I worked the steps with a sponsor and with a sponsee, and I'm really grateful to be here and to be of service to um, SA. So thank you. So the topic is Tradition 12. Um, which in short version is anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. So looking at the 12 and 12, um, it talks about kind of the history of the tradition and the thinking behind it. And one of the things that it talks about is that we couldn't have self appointed members present themselves as messiahs representing all before the whole public. The promoter instinct might be our undoing. If even one publicly got drunk or was lured into using AA or SA's name for his own purposes, the damages might be irreparable. So we're looking at this principle of protecting the, the fellowship in the program so that those of us who are sick and suffering can, can benefit from it. And behind this is really the concept of, of humility, that I set aside my personality that may want to go out um, and be the big shot or even bring my personality into the, into the room and say, hey, look who I am. But when I come into the room... I'm on the same playing field as everyone else in the room. Um, and I come to the room with that humility just as another sex drunk trying to help another drunk get sober. Um, and what I kind of wanted to talk about is thinking about where are my motives and my anonymity? Is it coming from a point of fear? that I'm afraid, oh, someone's going to find out who I am? Or is it coming from a point of humility? And my kind of litmus test for that is kind of twofold. And one is, is my desire for anonymity interfering with my usefulness to God in the program? Is it interfering with my 12-step of being of service to others? And the second is, um, am I protecting the privacy of my family? 
Um, am I going to go out and say my name? Well, is my wife okay with that? Are my children okay with that? Am I harming anybody in my family by going out there um, and you know doing doing service in a more um, public way? Um, and I just want to kind of share on a personal level um, about this, and this is what's coming to mind. So I'm not sure how much it relates or not, but I, you know, but I hope that it will. But my someone in my family came out to me that they're struggling with sexual addiction and that it was ruining their life. And here, I have a program that can help this person if they want it. And even if they don't want it, at the least, I could let them know that they're not um, they're not unique, that there are people in common with them. They don't have to feel so bad about themselves. They don't have to feel that, wow, if my relative knew about this, what would they think about me? And I can develop a personal relationship with this person that's deep and spiritual, um, far beyond probably anything that I have with them now, because right now there's a certain fakeness to our relationship. And it's kind of the difference between secrecy and anonymity. Am I being secret? Am I a part of some secret society that no one's going to know about? And we're just going to you know, keep it to ourselves? Or is anonymity a protection and part of my own humility? And and I struggle with this, and I spoke to sober members um, in program, and I had people say, absolutely not disclosed to this person um, for whatever reasons you know that they had given. And I spent some time on the phone with um, someone who I think they're I think they're an old timer, and they were like, "How can you not share it with this person?" Um, I don't see, he said, give me one reason, give me any reason. And I argued all the reasons out with him. And he's like, I, I, just, I just don't see it. You have a person that's suffering in front of you, and you're not going to offer them the help. And he said, if this person had diabetes, and, and you had diabetes, and you know what worked for you, or if the person had anxiety, and you had anxiety, and you would, done mindfulness and it was really helpful to you would you not go and share it to this person like the person is sitting there like suffering and you're watching them suffering you're not you're not offering them help um and then at the end of the conversation the person said to me go speak to another old timer so I said, fine, I'll, I'll do that. I tried to get him on the phone, and he said that he would only get on the phone if the other person was on the phone. And so I waited to an international convention, and you see the old-timers, certain ones, get really busy, and I don't want to bother them. But I said, listen, I, I've got to bother this guy. Um, so, you know, I pushed my way in, and I, you know, I sat down with him, and, and he, just, he just gave me a whooping, if that's the right word for it. <laughs> And he was like, you know, he's like, you got to forgive me, but I'm going to lay into you right now. And he said, your problem is that you don't consider this a disease. 
Because if you considered the disease and you knew someone else that had it and you had the solution to it, you'd go over to them right away and you would tell them the solution. And he said a few other things to me. And I was thinking to myself that I don't agree with what he's telling me. I don't think that that's true. But I put myself aside and I decided I'm not going to argue. I'm just going to listen to what he's saying. And then I got to a point later on where I could set my ego aside and just think about what he said. I said, you know, he's right. He's really right. I have the reluctance um, to consider this a disease because if I thought it was as, as an illness, I would tell this person right and I, I would have shared it with him immediately. Um, and it was just, it was just my fear you know, about it, really. I went to my wife, I talked it out with her, got kind of, you know, permission to um, to disclose it. And I don't remember if she was in favor or not, but at the end of the day, um, you know, she gave the permission. And, you know, I disclosed it. And, and, you know, something, it wasn't even, it wasn't a big deal. The person was like, you know, thank you. I don't know when, what went totally on to their minds. And I used that opportunity to make my amends to that person because I'm disclosing to them anyway um, that I'm an essay, so that's, you know, I'm developing this. And I wanted to really develop a relationship with the person, and I felt that that was the opportunity to make my amends with them and say, listen, this is what I've done to you, this is how I've wronged you, this is how, you know, how I've harmed you. And they accepted um, the amends. Um, I offered them... I had this whole plan in advance and I picked up like an essay brochure and offered them the brochure and I spoke to this old time rap. He says, you did everything right until you offer them the brochure. Um, he said, you know, you're, you're not in control. You're not the savior. You told them about the program. You told them that you're in it. Um, and you opened up to them and, you know, it, and it wasn't my, it wasn't my position to, Kind of, kind of impose it. So, in my mind, I thought my construct, my instructions were conflicting. But then again, I just tried to do. I just try to say that's probably my fault on that. You know, I probably didn't. You know, didn't hear it right, or I just anything I hear is, oh, you know, now, wow, this is giving me the green light to go save this person. They're saying, no, we weren't giving you the green light for ego. We we're giving you the green light for humility. Um. So, you know, and just to go back to the 12 and 12 for, for a second, and it says that, you know, anonymity is real humility at work. We give up our natural desires for personal distinction. As AA members, among our fe fellow alcoholics or sexaholics, and before the general public. So, once again, when we come in, when I come in, I try to, you know, come in with, um, you know, with humility. So thanks for letting me share, and um, I'll keep coming. Thanks, Jeff. That was excellent. Thanks. <laughs> so I'm Buddy, and uh, I'm a recovering sexaholic. And as Jeff has just said, sometimes our instructions seem contradicting. The instructions said, don't touch the microphone. Lee says, touch the microphone. It's Lee's equipment. We'll go with Lee. Um, anonymity as a spiritual foundation. I ask myself, what does that mean? 
It took me a while to get there. I began to learn about what it meant as a principle rather quickly. Anonymity is at the level of press, radio, TV, and film. In a meeting, when I introduced myself, I used my last name. However, with the microphone in front of me, this is being recorded. Now, the recordings are for our use within the fellowship, but I have to be realistic and understand someone could take this recording and put it out on the Internet or wherever things go nowadays. I'm not real uh, socially, social media, whatever it's called. I mean, Twitter or Instagram, I don't know. So at that level, I wish to remain anonymous, and our traditions suggest I do remain anonymous. So with that, I don't use my last name. But the tradition is very much misunderstood also. Any member within our fellowship is more than welcome to disclose as much of their personal information as the member chooses to. I have my last name, my address, my zip code, or my name tag. We were never intended to be anonymous from each other or, or secretive from each other. If you happen to be in my hometown and you want to get a hold of me, you've got my last name. You can look me up in the, what used to be the telephone book. I guess you could just Google me now and then you'd be able to find me. Um, and there's good reasons that we give each other our last names, especially in the area of service. If I say to you, who's your group GSR? I need to get a hold of them with some information from SACO. And you tell me it's Mike S. Well, I know 37 Mike S. <laughs> Do you happen to know which one of those 37 your GSR is? <laughs> so we are encouraged to use our last name at the, at the level of service. Um, where it's asking us to remain anonymous as a spiritual basis or as a basis of humility is I am also a psychiatrist and I am the head of department at a very prestigious hospital. Now, if my full name, my department is linked to Sexaholics Anonymous, someone may think that I am a professional speaking for Sexaholics Anonymous. If I come to a meeting with my work uniform on from the hospital, my full name, my department is right there. A newcomer comes into the room, he might think I'm in charge. So before I come to the meeting, I take all that stuff off. I leave my identity, I leave my personality, all the personal information outside of the room. For me, that is so that I don't influence the newcomer and give him an impression that I am anything other than just another bozo on the bus. Um, because for the sake of, of sexual sobriety and, and, and recovery, 
I am no expert, and I don't want any newcomer coming in to think that I in some way am. Now, just for the record, I am not a psychiatrist, <laughs> nor am I the head of any department of anything. I'm actually retired. I have no job. <laughs> I'm jobless. <laughs> um, so that was that was something that that it really took me a while to understand that. Um, and the best way that I got to really understand this tradition is by availing myself of the wealth of, of information on it available from AA. Uh, Dr. Bob and the good old timers talked about it all the way back there into the 40s when, when AA was being developed. Um, Dr. Bob had mentioned he had, was at a meeting in Cleveland and driving home he had gotten a flat and he managed to find a phone booth and a phone book, but he couldn't find Mike S. listed in the phone book. Had to ride the rest of the way home, on his flat tire. Um, so that's the idea. We ought to let each other know who we are. Um, but again, at the level of press, radio, TV, and film, none of us speaks for S.A. So none of us ought to be using our last names, having our photographs taken and and put off any kind of image that we are something other than, as I said, just another bozo on the bus. Um, with that, the meeting is open for sharing. We have, it looks like, a full 30 minutes. It looks like it'll give everyone three minutes. Um, anyone who would like to share, remember it is being recorded. You can come on up to the chair here, and we'll give you the microphone. Anyone. <laughs> Hi, my name is Ben. I'm a sexaholic. Um, I guess I have more of a question, which is, um, I don't know if you guys have anything to say as far as maybe what would be termed like the confidentiality that we try to have in our meetings, um, as far as like not talking about people outside meetings and um, things like that. Yeah, just a question. While I'm free to disclose as much information about myself that I choose to, I cannot disclose anyone else's membership in this fellowship. And if there's a principle that I need to express to someone, I need to express that in an anonymous fashion. For instance, there's a fellow I sponsor who has a similar experience. I'll give you or I'll ask him if I can give to you his phone number. That's how I would I would handle something like that, as opposed to saying to you, Rabbi Akiva's in our fellowship. Here's his phone number. Why don't you go ask him? Um 
could be Rabbi Akiva does not want people to know he's in our fellowship. Does, does that answer your question? You shrugged a little. Can I just add something on that? <laughs> yes, yes, please, Jeff. I need to feel safe when I come into these rooms. And if I don't feel safe, then the program's not going to work for me. Um, so I think that's, you know, part of that. So when I come into a room and even if I'm speaking here at the table, oh, you know, I was just at a room and Jeff was up there, you know, speaking, you know, what we say in this room stays here. It happens to be this is recorded, so I guess you could buy the CD and listen to it then. But um, I think it is a safety of, of the program that people need to know they're in a safe place. Thanks. I'm Luke. I'm a sexaholic. Hey, Luke. Um, I guess I came to this session because um, I, I like what you had said that um, when it says anonymity is the basic principle uh, of everything we do or however the specific wording is. And I'm like, well, what on earth does that mean? How do you have anonymity be something that you like be, take it more in a broad context or base things off of it? Um, but I, I then liked what you said about um, thinking about anonymity not so much as being secretive, as um, not you know being afraid that other people are going to find out, but putting it in a more positive light, that anonymity is the way through which we say, you know, when I come to this table, I'm not, you know, all of my accolades or how smart I am or you know, all of my great thinking that got me to where I am. I, I'm just another person that's here. So so thinking about anonymity um, in the context of equality, um, I like that. And I think that's what I'm going to take away from this. So thanks. Thank you. Hi, I'm Jim. I'm a sexaholic. Um, yeah, I really appreciate what you guys shared because I, th- I don't know if I just got accustomed to it because of how people practiced anonymity in my own groups, but um, what you said that we can share our identity with other SA members is that's new to me. I, you know, I I still use my last initial when I talk to people in the program. I. I have another email address that I use. It doesn't have my name in it when I communicate with the program. And when I went back and read the 12th tradition, it says we place principles before personalities. That's the spiritual foundation of anonymity. It's not I'm Jim, the psychologist or whatever, like you said. I'm, I'm just Jim, another sexaholic. And it's the principles of SA that I'm promoting. It's not my own personal experience or credentials as a a professional sense or anything else. Um, so I, I really appreciate it. I think that's going to be more freeing in how I relate to other people in the program. Um, I guess it's, I don't want to reveal my identity outside the program affiliated with SA is what you're saying. I don't speak for SA. I don't represent SA to the public. Um, and this conf- 
working on this conference um, in St. Louis, I had to con- come in contact with people in the Essanon, and um, I kept my anonymity there with them. I don't know if this principle applies to that relationship also, um, or should I reveal who I am to the people in Essanon that I've interacted with? Um, might have to explore that a little bit more, but I don't feel like I should disclose other people in my family's identity to people in the program. You know, I just refer to it as my wife or my son, or I'll, I'll give them the first name, but I don't want to share my family's um, identity with everybody I know. I mean, I'll share who they are, but I'm not going to like. I don't know, I guess I'm a little reserved in sharing too much information about my family. I don't want them to be affiliated with, oh, that's, you know, that's Jim's wife. Um, she works here, but her, I don't want people at her work to find out that her husband's a psychotolic unless she would want to share that, you know. It's, so it's kind of a, I, I could be too um, restrained strict in how I handle this tradition and I just have to think about it and probably talk about it with my sponsor when I want to go outside what I think is acceptable so, thanks for getting me thinking though <laughs> okay thank you yeah, I'm Yaakov I'm a sexaholic um, I appreciate this topic a lot um I feel like something as I, I I'm laxed in a little bit and need to need to remember what the whole idea of put, putting uh, principles for personalities and the idea of the principles of the program, you know, the steps and the steps and the traditions that I'm here to share that message. That's 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 what I'm here for. So I'm putting those principles first, um, not my own. Not my own ego. That's the whole, like you talked about, the humility side of it. Um, in the where the area I am in, it's a small, small area, and I know most of the people personally from the meeting before going to the meeting. Um, and so it's a challenge with anonymity, um, a small knit community. Um, wives tend to talk and kind of have to protect that somehow. Um, the other the other thing we realize in our meaning about anonymity is the, you know, the, the anonymity of we're focusing just on these principles, not who's here. And we do attract certain religious groups, and, you know, sometimes it's the same, everyone of the same religion. And sometimes people forget we're, we're here just for the 12 steps. Um, one of the things I like about what I've heard from Essanon rules, I don't know if it's their part of their traditions where they talk about if if you start sharing something that's not from our 12 steps, we can't share this um, according to the traditions comfortably because you're trying we're trying to promote something else. The the idea here is is we have a common problem and a common solution to that problem, um, and you know. While it's nice to be able to relate to other people that are from your religion, if you're going to have a a group, I heard someone say on an old recording that they were against, you know, it was a, a Jewish group, and they would they would meet at somebody's house Thursday night and have some food together and and talk program. He said that's that's not SA. 
you might be sharing essay amongst each other and how it applies to you, but um, w- this this disease doesn't discriminate. You know, it it, it affects everybody. Um, so, just the stripping of, like you said, the the who my job is, what religion I am, what position I'm in, you know, color skin I am, it doesn't really make a difference. It's 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 the same problem. So. Um, I just like having the reminder of of the fact that it's humility. Um, that 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 it's the idea of humility, and the the whole thing about um, that it's the spiritual basis. Of, it's a, it says it's the foundation of our the spiritual foundation of our program. Like it doesn't work without it. Um, and it's that's what this program this program was all about giving to somebody else it's not about you know taking for myself so who I am doesn't really make a difference it's who I'm giving it to so thank you thank you hi my name is Michael B I'm a grateful recovering recovering sexaholic um, from St. Louis so this is my first convention. Glad to have it in my hometown. Um, <clears throat> uh, this uh, the thing that really uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to come to this session was because I was at the last one, uh, not in here, but it was on disclosure, and it kind of looked like a this is part two for me of disclosure. I'm like because the anonymity to me, how I see it, um, fits in very well with that. It just kind of merges uh, for me because um, <clears throat> that was one of the things we kind of talked about, you know, how much to disclose, uh, and anonymity is so much a part of that for me. Um, cause there's been times where I felt, um, you know, whether on a good side or a bad side, you know, I, I could say, well, I, you know, I'm such a bad person. I've done all these bad things and feel sorry for me cause I'm a sexaholic and this is who I am, you know, to break my anonymity. Um, but also I could champion, you know, I have all the sobriety. I'm so great. I love this program, you know, yay me. And it's still, breaking my anonymity in that sense and it gets away from uh so much of what i've heard this weekend which is it's about the steps it's about as we you know in this tradition the principles before personalities um and as soon as i get into whether it's me or somebody else in the program and kind of getting mixed up on who they are how great they are or me or that i'm moving away from that i'm moving away from wait a second it's the 12 steps and I love reading this, and it's kind of, I think it's probably no accident that it's at the end. It's kind of like, and one big caution reminder when we're, you know, if you read the 12 steps and you read the 12 traditions, one last thing, anonymity, you know, that, that it kind of pushes you all the way back to the beginning of, you know, it's about the steps. It's about getting recovery. It's about getting better. It's not about me and my ego. It's not about somebody else and their ego. It, you know, leave that at the door as, you know, Leave the ego at the door, leave me at the door in that sense and become, uh, work on, uh, the better version of me, the one that my higher power wants me to have. Um, that's not really, f- it's not focused on me and who I am, how great or how bad I am. It's just about, I want to be better. I want to be that person that God wants me to be. I want to do His will, not my own. And when I'm not thinking like that in the anonymity, then I'm getting, moving into that. And I can tell myself that, you know, that's, not a good thing. Um, and I'm a kind of person that tends to like to, <clears throat> you know, maybe disclose too much. 
talk too much, you know, even by accident. And there's been a couple of times, like with work people, where I really wanted to say, oh, here's, you know, here's where I was this weekend. Here's what I'm doing. And I had to say, no, 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 can't do that. I even had some people ask me because I took off Friday to come here, you know, oh, where are you going or what, what are you doing? You know, there's, there's always a people think, oh, if you take off, there's got to be a reason. You're not just sitting at home doing nothing, you know, and, uh, but I kind of had to go in that direction because that's my anonymity. I cannot tell people because I, I don't know how they react and I don't want to be, you know, it's out of my control how they're going to react and I don't want to have to deal with that. So, uh, and that's in my control. I can control my anonymity. That's, that's a great thing in the program. You know, that's, you know, something I can control part of the serenity prayer. This, I don't have to tell anybody anything. I can tell, you know, I don't tell my family. I haven't even, my wife knows, but my kids don't know. So, uh, and I don't know if I'll ever tell them because I think it's, uh, can I keep going or is that, oh, uh, because I, I, cause I don't know how they react and I'm just not sure I want to go there. And as some people mentioned in disclosure, that that can be a problem of disclosing too much. And I can see that being a problem and causing issues and, you know, that's my anonymity as far as I'm concerned. My family or other people in my family don't have to know. Uh, it's not necessarily even their right to know. If they don't, if they haven't been affected by my behavior, then, you know, because it, it, it really are, are, uh, the steps on, um, making amends are about people we've hurt. It's not about everybody. It's about people we've hurt. So I don't need to necessarily bring everybody into it who I didn't hurt, who, if they know, may actually hurt me. So. Um, that's to me is also part of anonymity. So, my name is Michael. I'm a grateful recovering sexaholic. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. I'll share. I'm Levi, sexaholic from Kearney, Nebraska. And uh, my sobriety date's July 20th of last year. And um, <clears throat> I appreciate the distinction between anonymity for secrecy and anonymity um, for humility. Um, I don't think I can stay sober if I, um, for me anyway, I don't think that I can stay sober if I'm practicing anonymity for secrecy. Um, because I feel like, uh, there's a, there's like a lack of trust in my higher power, um, to tell my story or not tell my story. Um, if I'm, if I'm like covering it up and for me, my, my addiction was so much about secrets and a, and a double life, um, and, you know, presenting an image and pretending like everything was okay, that I, I can't do that in my recovery and stay well. Um, so that's that's the first thing. And, and the, the part about principles before personalities, you know, I think of, uh, um, it's interesting because that, that's one of our traditions, and yet AA and SA have a strong tradition of honoring and even revering um, you know, founders and things, you know, so if you go to an AA clubhouse, Dr. Bob and Bill, their picture's probably on the wall. Um, you know, Dr. Bob and Bill, their last talk's probably on the wall. Um, you know, so there is, like, in a way, there is that kind of idea of, like, revering our founders um, that's a part of the part of the, re- the received tradition that we've gotten from, from AA um, that I think... Um, is something that I need anyway in order to kind of connect with it in a real-life way. And then the other thing I want to talk about was how that my wife, um, so how how does anonymity work with my wife? Um, so at my house, you know, a lot of essays kind of come in and out of my house, and uh, we had a family get-together for essays and their families at my house a while back. 
And so, I mean, I let people know, like, if you come to my house and my wife sees you hanging out with me and hanging out with these other guys, your anonymity is going to be out the window with my wife. She's going to know you're an essay. She's not going to judge you. She doesn't care. She's married to an essay. <laughs> but um, so a while back, and this is where it gets really neat, a while back, um, some friends of mine were struggling, a couple, a married couple, and my wife was talking to the wife and the wife was talking about how her husband was really struggling with some addiction and my wife was having a talk with her and ends up later on she texts her texts me and says i may have told her about sa and uh, so my wife broke my anonymity to our to a mutual friends um but really to save this guy's life i mean see for me because i believe that i have a disease and i found the cure or the solution anyway for my disease and really for the disease of addiction, if there is an addict that I find who's suffering, I feel like um, it's not my anonymity. It's not my place to keep my anonymity then um, because, uh, you know, I have, I have a duty. So, I, so she, she, she broke my anonymity to, to our friend, and that, he, already, he already knew I was in program anyway, but the wife didn't know. So now she knows I'm an S.A., and uh, as a result, I was able to 12-step um, a friend into his first meeting of a different fellowship. You know, I, I went with him to his first meeting of a different fellowship um, because to me, the principles and the steps of SA are the principles and steps of the 12-step of the programs of recovery. And so um, that recognizing that I have a disease, um, you know, I have a, a dysfunctional brain, um, and that I'm not a bad person. Um, it's really freeing and this, you know, cause I can get out there and I can help others and just be, if I'm being helpful and useful and not prideful, um, then that's where I need to be. So I'm really grateful to be sober and I'm grateful to be here with all of you. So that's all. Thank you. I can always tell jokes. So in AA, there's a joke. It says, how do you keep a secret from an alcoholic? And the answer is, you write about it in the big book. (laughs) And there's a message in that. Um, The message is that we need to read our literature. We need to read the AA literature. One of the best ways I learned about our traditions was by reading Alcoholics Anonymous book, The Twelve Steps and the Twelve Traditions. Um, But there's much more beyond just that book on the subject of anonymity. Uh, AA has a publication called Dr. Bob and the Good Old Timers. It's probably one of the best books on the history of AA and how it developed. And within that book, there's there's much discussion on the, the subject of anonymity. Um, there, there was also discussion on should AA let women join or not. Um, also discussion on should AA let minorities in, because when AA had begun, it was pretty much 
a specific uh, segment of our our society who were were coming to meetings in the beginning. Um, so we can learn an awful lot about how these traditions work um, by reading all, all the literature that is available out there on, on the subject. Um, I mention that because I just love to read. One of the guys I sponsor asked if I would leave to him in my will my bookcase of <laughs> AA. I, any, any reference anywhere, I've bought it. Um, the AA Big Book makes reference to uh, a book titled uh, The Varieties of uh, Religious Experience. Um, I went out and I bought it. I figured if it's in the big book, there must be something of value in it. I ran out and I bought it. Um, so for me, I found it tremendous uh, to read that stuff. Oh, and the one other thing I wanted to explain, if anyone was offended with the with uh, the reference to just another bozo on the bus, that was actually a comic that was in our essay newsletter. Um, it had a picture of a bunch of clowns on a white bus, and one of the fella had a satchel full of white books. And it, at the bottom, it said that, you know, I found out I was just another bozo on the bus. I just loved it. I photocopied that uh, thing. I actually have that taped to the front of my white book. Uh, people think I'm going to a Bozo's Anonymous <laughs> meeting. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> we, we have um, six minutes remaining. The twelfth tradition, anonymity as the spiritual foundation. Mm. Hi, good morning. My name is Shia. I'm a Yeah, yeah. Um, it's I'm in the rooms. Uh, I'm in a twelve-step program, thirteen years, and uh, I've, been, I've been to a lot of conventions, probably twenty for sure, international conventions, and. Uh, a lot of meetings, and uh, a lot of, I also, whenever I go to a convention, I, I buy CDs, I buy books. None of them, uh, some of them I read, some of them just, uh, I mean, I, I try to read everything, but, you know, there is, there is so much time in a day. Um, I'm a, usually I'm a, I'm a early bird, so I'm, I wake up between three and four every day, and whenever I wake up, I take a shower and I go out of my bed and I start reading meditation then I go to a meeting and then I then I go to praying and then I start my day in working in my business and uh, in these 13 years I helped a lot of people my own friends to get into to, to get into the rooms even though I was struggling with 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 my own sobriety I went to therapy I went to retreats a lot of retreats my family spent, I mean, my brother, my oldest brother and my father know my problem because I got uh, my first ex left me because of that. So and I had four kids from my first marriage. And I, got, I was five years alone. Then I got remarried to an addict and I had another two kids, two girls, two girls. And I'm divorced now, but 
mean, whatever happened, I, I believe that uh, my way to 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 get the program it was everything has to happen. Every therapy that I went has to happen. So I, I, we we spent my family spent on me close to eight hundred thousand dollars in this in this thirteen years. Close to eight hundred. I'm not I'm not I'm not exaggerating. Close to eight hundred thousand, roughly. And and uh, I brought in a lot of people. It's funny because a lot of people I helped, I struggled, but I brought brought in probably fifteen people in the in the rooms already. And most and ro- most of them they're doing they're doing really good. They're doing even better than me. Doing even better than me. They work the program. They go to therapy. They work the steps. And I struggled, but uh, now I'm I'm now I'm in a really good uh, really good stage now. Uh, my business doubled. I mean, when I'm sober, I make a lot of money. When I'm not sober, I don't make a dollar. I'm a rep. I'm a sales rep for for six companies. And when I'm sober, I'm hitting the road and I'm doing phone calls and emails and I show up to meetings and I talk. And somehow I sell. I could sell a million dollar sale in, in an hour and, uh, and, and get a check deposit. When I'm not sober, I could try and try. I'm not going to get anywhere. Somehow the, the talking and the walking and my, I don't know what it is, but the Companies that I go up, I'm in the construction field. I sell a lot of tiles and kitchen cabinetry and some other stuff, custom woodworking. And I meet, I meet, I could meet people, the developers, billionaires. I walk into a room, I could sit with six people. If I'm sober, I know what to talk, I know how to approach, I know how to sell. If I'm not sober, I don't show up to the meeting. I could, I arrange the meeting and I'm not there. I'm not there. I don't show up and they keep, they send me email where, just the guy's not here. It's funny, but it's true. I mean, it's so interesting. Last week alone, I mean, now I'm working a really, really good program. I took a new sponsor and really, I put in hours a day, three, four hours a day in sobriety between meetings and reading and writing. Um, and uh, every day I, I made a sale. Some days I made only $20,000 sales, or some days I made, uh, one day I made close to $800,000, one sale. Yeah. Well, we need oh, to close. Need to close. Okay. I appreciate it for the convention. I hope I'm going to take home everything that I took that I am taking out from it. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Anything you have heard at this meeting is strictly the opinion of the individual participant. Let's all stand and say the third step prayer, which is listed on the back of your schedules.
I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve. Thank you.